This is baseball, episode five. Let's get into it. Big, big news in the world of Major League Baseball. The Oakland Athletics ownership group has announced that they have purchased land in Las Vegas with a binding agreement to build a stadium there. This is a move that has seemed inevitable for a few years, whether it was Oakland moving to Las Vegas or another city. It just seemed like there was never going to be an outcome where the Athletics stayed in Oakland. The Athletics in the city of Oakland have been going back and forth for years, negotiating a possibility of a new ballpark. They even had renderings of a waterfront park on the bay that looks like it's not going to come to fruition. It's clear to me, based off of how the Athletics have been operating over the last four or five years, that they don't want to be in Oakland. They're doing everything that they can to leave. They have dumped all the talent on the roster, traded it away, and have had no intention of winning. And that is continuing this year. So this news is not surprising whatsoever. This will be the fourth time once this deal is finalized that the Athletics have moved locations. They were the Philadelphia Athletics from 1901 to 1954. And then in 1955 to 1967, they were in Kansas City as the Athletics. And then from 1968 to current, they have been in Oakland. Now, what's interesting to me is they have never changed their branding or their nickname. I'm wondering if them moving to Vegas will make them decide to fully rebrand their team. I think it could be time for them to retire the green and gold and the nickname of the athletics and come up with something new that fits the city of Las Vegas. This potential move of the Oakland athletics to Las Vegas is the first time that a major league baseball team has relocated since the Montreal Expos moved to Washington in 2005, where the Expos took the best logo in all of professional sports and moved to Washington and came up with the most boring name and put a Walgreens W on their hat. So if the Athletics rebrand, I hope that they come up with something really cool and better than what Washington did. Now, this will be the third team that has left Oakland in the last decade starting with the Warriors moving back to San Francisco, the Raiders moving to Las Vegas, and now the Athletics potentially moving to Vegas as well. So if you are a sports fan in Oakland, the last decade has not been a fun time for you. I feel incredibly terrible for all fans in that city to have lost what is going to be the third team for them. I couldn't imagine losing one team in my city, let alone all three major teams that play there. I wish that the Raiders and the A's could have gotten stadium deals done with Oakland in order for them to stay put. I think that Las Vegas is going to be a really good market for baseball. It's shown to be a great market for 
hockey and football in the short time that those two franchises and leagues have moved into Vegas with the NFL and NHL. I would like to think that MLB can have similar success there. Um, Las Vegas is obviously a destination. So if your team is playing the athletics in Vegas, you might think of taking a weekend trip there to spend some time in Vegas and go see your favorite team on the road. So I think it's going to be good for everybody involved. So the goal for the athletics is for their stadium in Vegas to be open for opening day of 2027. The problem is their lease at Oakland Coliseum ends in 2024. And I would imagine that the city of Oakland has no interest of doing them any favors after they have shown public intention to leave the city. So for 2025 and 2026, the athletics are going to need to find a place to play their seasons. Now, fortunately for them, their AAA affiliate plays in Las Vegas and they have been in talks with them and possibly using their facility as their home ballpark until theirs is ready in 2027. If that ends up being the case, I do not envy the people that make the schedules for the leagues because that seems like an absolute nightmare to schedule not one, but two professional baseball teams seasons in the same ballpark. So now that this news is out with the athletics intending to move to Vegas, unless something miraculous happens and they figure something out in Oakland. I don't think that's happening at this point. All eyes are on the Tampa Bay Rays and what they're going to do with their stadium situation. Are they going to be able to come up with a deal in Tampa and stay there? Or are they also going to relocate? We've seen renderings of a new stadium for the Rays. But I almost have to think that if I'm the Rays organization, I would almost be looking for relocation because you've been a winning ball club for the better part of a decade now and you do not get the support from the people in and around your city. So I would almost consider a a possible relocation to a city like Charlotte or Nashville or going back to Montreal. I know that there was talks a couple of years ago where the Rays were going to try to play half of their season in Tampa and half of their season in Montreal and have two homes. Obviously the MLB squashed that because it's an incredibly stupid idea for a lot of reasons. One, you're asking to, you're asking your players to have two separate homes and you're trying to create two separate fan bases as well. doesn't really make a ton of sense. Just pick one or the other basically was major league baseball's stance on their two city pitch. And I agree with that. Now that the athletics situation is mostly figured out and we're hoping that Tampa's gets done soon, major league baseball is likely going to, 
consider expansion. Rob Manfred, the commissioner, has been pretty open about that. Hey, we're looking at it, but we need Oakland and Tampa to figure it out. After they get that done, we're going to be looking at possible locations for new teams. Now, one of those spots was Las Vegas, and that looks like Oakland has taken care of that. So you have a place like Portland and Utah, and like I said previously, Nashville, Charlotte, Montreal, there's a ton of different areas where you could expand and add likely two teams to your league. So Major League Baseball could look completely different in the next 10 years as far as division alignment, uh, playoff seating, and you know who's in, who's in what league, basically. And I think that they have already taken a step towards a format of Really, maybe just having two leagues, uh, just based off of them going with the balanced schedule. It'd be a good opportunity for them to reseed and change how the playoffs look. I firmly believe that playoff seeding should be based off of record and not based off of whether or not you win your division, especially with the balanced schedule. You have every team facing off with the other 29 teams at least once throughout a season. So divisions aren't necessarily as important as they used to be. I think that you should obviously still have them just for the sake of natural rivalries and making your scheduling easier. But I've never liked, especially in the wildcard game era, I never liked when... For instance, when San Francisco won 107 games and the Dodgers won, I think it was 106 games in 2021, the Dodgers were a wild card team and they had to play against the 90 win Cardinals in a win or go home game. That just didn't make sense to me because the Dodgers were clearly far and away better than all but one team in the National League and they were forced to play in the wild card game because they didn't win their division winning 106 games. If you lose your division winning 106 games, I don't really know what else you're supposed to do. Now, they've obviously taken a step in the right direction with the current playoff format, with adding a team and doing away with the wild card game and creating a wild card series, which people have argued is worse because your one and two seeds get a first round bye from that wild card series and just have to sit for about a week. And if we know anything about baseball, it is big on momentum and resting can negatively impact you. I know that the one and two seed resting was a big complaint in the National League because the Dodgers and the Braves both had that first round by and ended up losing their series to the Padres and the Phillies. But on the American League side, the Houston Astros and the New York Yankees were both those one and two seeds and both advanced to the American League Championship Series. And obviously the Houston Astros, who had that first round bye, ended up winning the World Series. So there's an argument that it doesn't matter at all whether or not you have rest or not. Moving on, though, Max Scherzer was ejected from his start on Thursday in the fourth inning after allegedly having sticky stuff on his glove and hands. He was asked in the third inning to change his glove after a routine check by the umpires. And he did that. And then he came back out in the fourth inning and he was ejected for 
allegedly having sticky stuff on his glove and hand. Now, Max Scherzer said that it was rosin and sweat, which I tend to agree with him. I don't for a second think that Max Scherzer is cheating. I think what happened here is crew chief Dan Bellino has had instances in the past where he does things just to be a jerk. And I think what happened here is his ego got the best of him and he ejected Max Scherzer from the game. There have been three pitcher ejections this season. All of them have come from Dan Bellino's crew, which makes you question that crew's motivations. It also makes you question whether or not we are clear on the league's policy on sticky stuff. What is too much sticky stuff or what constitutes an ejection? I think we don't know that. And it seems like it's just a judgment call or a feel thing. And I don't think that this is necessarily the best thing for an umpire to be like, well, this felt like more way too sticky to keep him in the game. I think it's weird for a an umpire to have that kind of power with a thing that can potentially smear a player's image to the fan base in the league. I think that this was an instance of it just being a hot day in Los Angeles and Scherzer was using rosin to get a grip on the ball and he was sweaty and those two things mixed together create a sticky substance. And I I am in Scherzer's camp and think that that is what happened here. Now, since Max Scherzer was ejected for this, he has been given a 10-game suspension by Major League Baseball for violating the rules around sticky substances. Max Scherzer is obviously appealing. It's unclear whether or not he's going to win that appeal. Probably not. But that is what happened with him. And it was really unfortunate because it was a Dodgers and Mets game. It was Max Scherzer versus Noah Syndergaard. It was a great pitching matchup. It was already a pitching duel just three innings, three and a half innings into the game. And it looked like it was going to continue. And that was taken away from us by that ejection. I just found it to be incredibly odd. Staying in the world of pitching, former postseason hero Madison Bumgarner has been designated for assignment by the Arizona Diamondbacks. He was in year four of a five-year, $85 million deal with the team, and it has not really gone well at all for him. So the Diamondbacks have decided to move on. Now, Bumgarner has a lot of money left tied to him in that deal with the Diamondbacks. So I think that he is very clearly going to clear waivers and any team will be able to sign him. I think you should sign Madison Bumgarner if you are a team. I don't really know what he has left, but... He can at least be a veteran presence for a team that is trying to make the playoffs or developing pitching. He could be a good voice to have around. With this DFA, it got me wondering if 
One, if Bumgarner will sign with another team, and two, if he is all a famer. Madison Bumgarner had obviously one of the greatest postseason runs in 2014 with the San Francisco Giants. He had won his third championship basically by himself. If you remember that postseason at all, it was all Madison Bumgarner. But I don't know if he is a Hall of Famer. I think he's very good, but I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. I think he's mostly remembered for that 2014 postseason run and known for being just a pretty good pitcher in the regular season. He's never been top three in Cy Young voting. He's just, again, he's had that one postseason run, and that's not going to be nearly enough for him to be voted in. Cubs pitcher Drew Smiley flirted with a perfect game that ended in the eighth inning when a little dribbler was hit down the third baseline in between the pitcher and the catcher. It was placed in an incredibly awkward spot. Should Drew Smiley field it or should Jan Gomes come out and get it? Neither of them were sure and they ended up colliding and losing the perfect game bid to an infield single. An incredibly tough way to lose a perfect game, but a great game pitched nonetheless. And the Cubs ended up winning that game 13 to nothing. Now, the last thing I want to get to before I close is I want to talk a little bit of Kansas City Royals and Kansas City as a whole. If you're in Kansas City this week, you should plan on attending the NFL draft. It runs from April 27th to April 29th. It is completely free. All you have to do is download the NFL OnePass app and register there, and you're good to go. So if you're in Kansas City, make sure you do that. Now, on to the Royals. So, obviously, I am from Kansas City, so I like to talk a little bit of Kansas City Royals. Unfortunately... They are completely terrible this season. So I don't want to put a ton of energy and spend a ton of time talking about them until they give me a reason to. So what I'm going to start doing is taking 60 seconds in every episode and giving a Royals rant. So here it goes. We are 23 games into this season and the Royals are 5-18. and 18. They have somehow managed to be 13 games under 500, less than a month into the season. Absolutely miserable. You have managed to be irrelevant before the calendar turns over to May. That is a special kind of bad. That is Oakland Athletics, we don't want to win type of bad. The difference between you, the Royals, and the Athletics is you're trying to win you know that you're not going to be competing for the division this year but you you think that you're going to be figuring some things out this season and turning a page and you're not doing that in fact it looks like it's going to be another long incredibly miserable season for you and your fan base so it makes me wonder do we really just not have the talent did we miss did we miss this did we is our development 
bad? Are these players actually just not good? Or is it a coaching issue? They have a pretty young or kind of rookie staff leading this team. Are these coaches in over their head? It's really unfortunate that we have seen no progress this season with the Kansas City Royals. I would have thought going into this year that they would be hovering around 500 at the end of April. And they're 13 games under that. That is just, it's not good. Um, There's a lot of season left. So I hope that you start to turn it around and figure things out. But until that happens, I can't spend a ton of time talking about the Kansas City Royals. Thanks for listening. This is baseball.